Welcome to People of Hope, a conversation on finding joy in all things with the pastoral staff of Ignatius House Jesuit Retreat Center in Atlanta, Georgia. This short-form episode shares only the introductory remarks for our topic this week. For the full conversation, check this podcast feed or visit ignatiushouse.org slash peopleofhope. Let's begin. Our topic this evening is finding joy in liturgy. Now, the term liturgy is often used interchangeably with mass, but liturgy is really the public prayer of the church. And so it's a lot more expansive, which is something we'll talk about. This pandemic has changed our relationship with liturgy, and some have found streaming mass to be just fine. Others have discovered uh, other ways of connecting to God and worship and community. A recent survey of over 2,200 young adult Catholics aged 18 to 35 found that 36% of them will attend Mass less often after the pandemic. And many of these were weekly Mass goers. So there's a lot to reflect on. If you're watching live, uh, share in the comments about how you have been engaging in liturgy and prayer these days. So let's begin. Our conversation this evening is with Peter Fink, a Jesuit on staff at Ignatius House, and Maria Kressler, the executive director at Ignatius House. Peter's a sacramental theologian, and so he's going to open with some of his own remarks and reflections on the topic. And I really encourage you to listen to them. He's, he's naming something that a lot of us have been noticing and wondering about. But Maria will first open us in prayer. Maria? Thank you, Andy. And so let us pray. In the gloria of gratitude, we are made mindful of the many marvels of life that sparks our hearts. You have not only given us life, but continue to increase that life by nourishing us. Blessed are you, holy sustainer, for the marvel of food, for bread and wine, for banquets and dinners, for picnics and suppers. With compassionate love, you fed Moses and his people in the desert, and you sustain us today with daily manna at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We are thankful for your son, Jesus, who was the living bread, broken, shared, and eaten in love. For this holy bread who calls us each to share ourselves unselfishly as food for one another, we bless you, divine source. We take delight with Moses, Jesus, and all the holy ones that parents, friends, teachers, and poets, artists, musicians, and people of prayer have all been food for us. Blessed are you, boundless Father, who have shared with us the secret of life to become nourishment and life for each other. May each meal we eat be a wonder of your worship of you. Blessed are you, Lord our God, who from our mother, the earth, does daily give us bread to eat. Amen. So I should go ahead then. This is, my name is Peter Fink, as mentioned, uh, also on the staff of Ignatius House. Um, And our topic, as I said, is, as we said, is the joy of liturgy. And as Andy mentioned, it usually is associated with the Eucharist, but it really covers many more things than just the Eucharistic liturgy. Uh, 
But the, the meaning itself, liturgy is from the Greek word meaning public service. Sometimes they call it work for the people. Sometimes they call it work of the people. I like to say it's God's work in and through the people. And the term liturgy can mean everything that happens when the church gathers for prayer. The Eucharist, all of the sacraments, the liturgy of the hours, the other events with scripture, song, movement, and gesture, or things drawn from the sacraments with water, oil, candle, incense, light. But it can also refer to the prayer beyond the church, such as families when they gather at home for prayer, or on the streets when Christians join publicly in peaceful marches trying to bring the claim of the gospel into the world around us. And my aim is to say that all of this in its many forms is a source of joy. And the question is, how do we get there? You know, joy itself is a complicated word. Uh, it means delight, pleasure, happiness. And there are many events in life that do bring joy, happiness, delight. But there are also many where such emphasis on joy would be almost out of reach. You know, and yet to speak of the liturgy means entering deeply into every human event, finding joy even in dark and troublesome places. You know, it's easy to find joy in the celebration of a wedding, for example, and less easy when you celebrate the death of a loved one. It's easy to find joy when people stand firm in their faith, such as baptism, confirmation, ordination for ministry. Less easy when you seek forgiveness in confession or healing in the sacrament of the sick. Yet the liturgy can be a source of joy in all dark moments. So what is there in liturgy that draws us to the depth where joy is to be found? Right now, uh, in this pandemic, the promise of liturgy has been put to the test. Both the Eucharist and the sacraments have been severely restricted. You know, we speak of the home as a sacred place where liturgy may occur. Well, in this pandemic, apart from streaming mass from the local church, little else was offered to the baptized. And as for marches that bring hope and promise the gospel on the streets, more often folks found them more frightening than peaceful. Now I'm gonna start with the second, the home as a sacred place, because you know when church is closed, and now even when open, they're still extremely limited, the invitation for the baptized in that realm has become more passive than participative. I keep thinking of the early church. You know, when domestic liturgy at home was essential to the church's prayer, just as much as the more formal gatherings when they all gathered together. You know, before the sacraments were even named a theological entity, Christians gathered in prayer at home. They heard the word. They broke bread in memory of the Lord. Our Eucharistic prayers remind us that a meal did take place. You know, after the supper, he took a cup. After the supper. At home, Christians explored scriptures, listened to the call of Jesus in their lives. At home, Christians bathed and anointed the sick with oil and the touch of hands. At home, Christians wept 
when someone we love had died. In the pandemic, prayer was virtual, which far too many found more sad than joyful. Without perhaps realizing it, they hoped and longed for something that Vatican II indeed promised them. Quote, in the reform of the liturgy, the full and active participation by all of the faithful is the aim to be considered above all else. Watching the church's prayer on television is hardly full and active participation. So the domestic, the, the challenge rather for the domestic church is clear. The liturgy of the home needs to be discovered again with scripture reading, prayers of many kinds, and possibly even again, breaking bread in memory of the Lord. For unless this happens, then the baptized will not bring much when they do gather with other domestic churches in the full ecclesia, the parish church. Now let's look at the larger church gatherings when the baptized come to celebrate the Eucharist and other sacraments together with their priest. You know, in spite of recent efforts to re-clericalize the church's prayer, the mandate of Vatican II insists that the mass and the sacraments are the action of the priest and the people together. Again, Vatican II, quote, from this it follows that every liturgical celebration, because it is an action of Christ, the priest and his body, which is the church, is a sacred action surpassing all others the priest and his body, which is the church, Christ the priest. So priests and people together in song, dialogue, petitions, preparing the gifts and participation in the Eucharistic meal. Now participation is not something designed to keep people busy. It's about prayer. It's the proper way in which the church prays its liturgical prayer and it's only in prayer that all of us can discover why liturgy of the church in its many forms is filled with joy. Only if the liturgy is in fact a time of prayer will liturgy become a source of joy. You know, yet too many have yet to learn how to pray the liturgy. You know, an unfulfilled promise of Vatican II is that when people pray the liturgy, they don't just attend it. People pray when they're gathered for the liturgy, that's true. They offer mass, they listen to the readings, they learn something about themselves and about Jesus, and they wait for Jesus to appear in their midst, to adore him. They're all good moments, but not yet praying the liturgy. There are many examples, but let me just give one. You know, the when I was learning to pray the mass, uh, basically, the kiss of peace was a preparation for communion, was, was a private moment. And the kiss of peace then could only be seen as a distraction because it's, it's keeping me from that moment. But if we let the church guide us in our prayer according to its own ritual action, the church is inviting us to see communion as communion both with Jesus and with the community around me. It is a privileged moment when Jesus invites us into communion with him and hence with each other. Quote again from the Eucharistic prayer too. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Christ be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. 
Now, finally, the work of God in and through the people can also occur when believers take to the streets to preach the gospel there. This can be complicated because not everyone who's involved in protests are peaceful and not everyone motivated is motivated by the claim of the gospel. But the gospel itself does belong on the streets and its claim needs to be spoken and heard. Remember the old Latin phrase, ite missa es, go you are sent. Go sent to bring what happens here to the world around you. So the gospel needs to address the plight of immigrants, not just in homilies and church. The gospel needs to address issues of war, sexual trafficking, racial prejudice. Again, not just in homilies in the church. But because the gospel speaks the word of God, it speaks Christ and his justice. Perhaps a new kind of prophecy. For the word must be spoken to the ends of the earth. So the joy of liturgy is sometimes easy to find, more often difficult, but we need to believe that God is present in everything, not just in special places or at special times. And we need to believe that God can be found in everything, not just in special places or special times. The liturgy addresses life and death, sin and sickness, love and service. Liturgy at home, in the street or in the church shows how and where God continues to act among us. Thanks for listening. Learn more about Ignatius House by visiting us at ignatiushouse.org or following us on social media. And be sure to subscribe to this wherever you listen to podcasts. May the blessing of God be with you always.